May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Following a confirmation service a little while ago, I was told a very powerful and moving story by a man from Botswana whose life had been transformed by hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. A story he's happy for me to share with you. The gist of the conversation was this. His life had been in a mess. He'd lost any sense of direction and purpose and found it increasingly difficult to distinguish between what was wrong and what was right. He was drinking too much, he was unhappy and felt that life had lost its meaning. He thought that all this Christian stuff, as he put it, wasn't for him. But he had Christian friends and could see in them something different. It didn't mean that they were immune from problems and difficulties, but they had a different perspective on them. And that was because of their faith. They somehow seemed happier and more content. And many of us may have had our experiences in life when we too have felt like that. Even though we are Christians, we've perhaps sometimes struggled with it. We've perhaps sometimes found it very difficult to see God in it all. I've shared with one or two people just recently um, my own story. As some of you will know, my wife Jane, at the age of 62, is now in a care home with advanced Alzheimer's. I have to tell you that during the past few months, I found it very difficult to know where God is in all of that. And at times I felt angry and I felt very distant from God. But I have to believe that God is in it because without the support of family and friends, without the support of the church, particularly in the diocese, it would have been more difficult. And God has felt distant, but I trust that he's there journeying with me. As my spiritual director will often say, who was sitting in the congregation this morning, uh, God has got me on a long leash. It's a good job God has, because otherwise there might be occasions when I run off. But back to the story. The man went to see his friend who had told him the story of Jesus. They read the Bible and they prayed together. And eventually, through this and through personal relationship with other Christians, he was brought to faith in Christ. His life, he said, was transformed and he is thankfully now in a very different place to that of a couple of years ago. Through witness and example of his friends, they had won a soul for Christ. He had been involved, they had been involved in what we call personal evangelism. 
Now, as I said, maybe some of you have similar stories. Or perhaps there are others here even this morning seeking something, seeking someone who will turn their lives around. Maybe you have friends who are Christians. Go and talk to them. And if you haven't, go and talk to one of the clergy after this service. But as Christians, those of us who call ourselves Christians are called to be a light to the world. If we're living consistent lives, our works and our words will regularly contradict the lifestyles of those around us and the norms of what we generally call secular society. By our code of practice in the workplace, by our attitudes, by our personal standards, by our life goals and values, by what we say and do, we will be effective witnesses for Christ. Because each and every one of us has a personal story to tell. <clears throat> Christ sent his first disciples and he's sending us into the world to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a calling and a reminder about the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. But we're also reminded in Scripture that being sent into the world is far from an easy calling. Christians today will meet with much opposition, as did those first disciples. I have said these things to you, Jesus said. I have said these things to you to keep you from stumbling. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour is coming when those who kill you will think that by doing so, they are offering worship to God. During the years of the Roman, Roman Empire, men and women and children would at different times be hounded and abused, beaten and tortured in the most appalling ways <clears throat> because of their loyalty to Christ. Even today, it's estimated that 26 million people have lost their lives for Christ's sake. Now, in the West, of course, we don't, on the whole, face the same traumatic resistance. But nonetheless, we are called to witness in a complex world that is at best sceptical about faith and where the cultural mood towards the church and Christians in Western liberal circles has changed radically over the past 50 years. It's raised questions, fundamental questions of importance, such as the rationality of faith, the relation of religion to science, the possible link between religion and violence and the place of religion in Western society. But in spite of this, there is at other levels a new wave of interest in faith and spirituality. In his book, Why God Won't Go Away, a response to new atheism by Alistair McGrath, he says this, 
We know God won't go away, and we should grasp the opportunities to proclaim Christ as they're offered, especially by those who are interested, perhaps not convinced, about faith. If we accept that we're called to be Christ's witnesses in a relatively hostile world, we need to be sure that we're resourced, supported and equipped to endure our calling. In the Acts of the Apostles, we read of the Apostles receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, giving them the strength and the courage to go out into the world, telling the good news in the way that everyone could understand. When Christ was with them, they didn't need anything else. In Jesus, they had everything that gave them courage as he sent them to tell the good news. But once he'd gone, their courage faded until they received the Holy Spirit. It's the unleashing of the powers of the promised kingdom of God in the world. The Holy Spirit not only proclaims the kingdom, but imparts it. He is the counsellor who comes down amongst the people of God in action. This coming down is the Spirit's ministry in the world. He applies the message personally to his hearers. It empowered Jesus from his conception and through his ministry. And the indwelling of the Holy Spirit will give us the strength to proclaim the gospel afresh. To those who have as much right to hear the saving message of Christ crucified and risen as we do. God the Holy Spirit is a great senior partner in our work for Christ. When we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit enters our life and never leaves us. He's our greatest, uh, he's our guest, and we should allow him to take control. Not only does the Holy Spirit sustain us in the face of opposition, but it can work in the hearts of even those who are the most hard and set against Christianity and can turn them to Christ. So Pentecost, which we're celebrating today, of course, is our becoming like Christ in the world, in our witness and in our example. It gives us eyes to see God at work in the world and grace to invite others to join in. As Jesus' followers, we're given the ability to speak the language that others will be able to hear and understand. And this is as much, if not more, about what we do and the examples we set as it is what we say. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to set us free and to empower us for the liberation of others. It's about how we work to help people understand that in Christ they can be set free from sin and death, set free to follow God 
and have lives that are transformed. But it's also in part about how we move beyond a simple throwing off the shackles and how we work towards the real flourishing and the development of all people. How we unlock their potential to be what God created them to be. This is the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit and the purpose of our calling in Christ. Pentecost is our great festival of liberation and change. God's Spirit blows through our lives in order to cleanse and transform them so that we can, in turn, help transform the world. Pentecost, as I said, is the birth of the Church. It is God amongst us in power, making us not only a group of believers, but Christ in the world. Christ in the world, unafraid, empowered, bearing the cross of love and being sent out to win others for Christ. We are Pentecost people called to commit our lives to Jesus. And now to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, be your might, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen.